0: The 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Wazy. Up to date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kVEC.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All
1: right, Craig, thank you. 506 on the Central Coast. It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. About an hour, Mike Burrell went to Poland back in the 1980s, went through the Berlin Wall. Some uh, pretty fascinating stories that he will share with us. Tomorrow, I take a minute and remind you, we'll meet the sheriff of Riverside County. He's in town for a conference. Uh, Eric Gorham is going to be here to give us the Republican perspective on local races. Also, Jennifer Martin will mark 100 years since the uh classic american music uh rhapsody in blue was released it is a dave congleton show a little bit of everything that's how we roll here uh this hour we continue our coverage of conversations with the candidates in the district five supervisorial race as you know the incumbent debbie arnold has decided not to seek a fourth term there are two challengers we heard from one of them uh, earlier in the month, uh, that podcast is up at 920kbc.com if you want to hear that conversation. I remind you that this uh, election is going to be decided on March 5th. There is no runoff. There are only two candidates. So whoever wins on March 5th will replace Debbie Arnold enough of me. Here's candidate number two. This is Heather Moreno. She is the mayor of Atascadero and she is running for supervisor. Heather, nice to see you again. It's
2: great to be here, Dave.
1: Thanks for coming in. Take a minute just on a personal level, introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Who are you?
2: Sure. Well, let's see. I have uh, my education wise. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting, so I was kind of a numbers geek growing up. And worked for KPMG, one of the big international accounting firms, and then made a bit of a 180, I would say, went into health and wellness, and have done a little bit of both since then. Uh, And then I also went and got a graduate degree in theology, because doesn't everyone do that just for fun?
1: So So accounting, theology, and health and wellness, what does it say about you?
2: (laughs) I'm a renaissance woman, Dave. Hmm. I think it's a diversity of experience that serves me well in in life and in public service, Hmm. for sure.
1: One of the big questions I have for you is that two years ago, I know that you were under considerable pressure to challenge Bruce Gibson for supervisor, and you chose not to run. Why not? Because I think you could have beat him.
2: <laughs> well, I thank you for your... Um confidence. I knew that Rochelle Rickard was going to be retiring as city manager of Atascadero and I felt it was important that I be there to facilitate the replacement process. Atascadero um, has always been my, my first priority and I needed to make sure that that was taken care of and I think we've done a tremendous job and you know we had Rochelle for 10 years she was fantastic exactly who we needed and she retired Jim Lewis is exactly who we need for the next 10 so I'm very happy with my choice. You
1: re- but no regrets?
2: No, none.
1: All right. So then what problem- you to run for supervisor this time Uh,
2: I think just time I think it is needing a a leader who is you know someone who is experienced at building consensus and collaborating and can work uh, you know across party lines I would just say in a a nonpartisan fashion and I think we need that kind of leadership at the Board of Supervisors
1: the Tribune did not endorse you but they called you both a consensus builder and a moderate they they went out of their way to be nice to you even though they didn't endorse you any reaction to their their non-endorsement no well how about their characterization of you as a consensus builder and moderate
2: i think they're absolutely right about that uh, my how do, you, how do you see yourself yeah my my predecessor tom o'malley would w- would always say that the pendulum swung right to left right to left and he saw it over and over again and he told me i've done the best I can to grab that pendulum and pull it straight down and I have tried to do the same thing in a arrow, and I think it shows I've had there's a specific Democratic uh, Democrat business owner I can think of and he said to me I think it was in 2020 he said I didn't even know you were Republican until I heard the Republicans endorsed you he said I didn't know what party you were with and that's what I want from my local elected official
1: all right so Talk a little bit about things that you think, not the city council has accomplished, but you have accomplished as mayor. What are you responsible for? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I will say it's, and I will answer that question, but I want to give props to a city council that has worked very well together and accomplished a lot. Uh, some of the things that I've done, we talked about broad- broadband a lot, and you know, we want to get broadband, we want to get broadband, but nothing was really moving. And uh, Mayor Steve Martin and I we're having a conversation and saying, hey, this is supposed to be happening at the regional level. We're supposed to be doing it at the county level, and nobody seems to be doing it. And we just looked at each other and said, why don't we do it? And so we got our two cities together and our leadership together, and we went and did a strategic plan, got the grant funding for it. And now in Atascadero, we're putting fiber in the ground. We have a 30-year IRU with um, your neighbor downstairs, astound. stand, and we are saving taxpayers half a million dollars over the next 30 years and 10xing speeds and I think more importantly sort of seeding that that competition for businesses and residents to to benefit so uh, that's definitely one thing Um, there was a time when at uh, Del Rio one of the property owners was you know had had the possibility of bringing in a uh, kinda big-box discount grocery store which would have not been the greatest for that section of, of town wouldn't have been a real benefit to the community or to the city and i called them up and said you know hey i know this is your property and you need to do it what, what what's best for you can we talk are there other options and today we've got a valley fresh going in and sort of a mixed use and so to be able to kind of just start that conversation I thought was really important. So those are a couple of things. Heather
1: Moreno is here. She's running for fifth district county supervisor. This race is going to be decided on March 5th. Wherever you vote for, you need to get out and vote. What's your website, please, Heather?
2: It's heatherforslow.com, com. com.
1: You take donations, you need volunteers.
2: Both are welcome. Uh, Who's
1: giving me some examples of endorsements and what these endorsements should say to our listeners.
2: Yeah. Uh, So I'm really honored to be endorsed by, first of all, the uh, Tascadero Police and Fire Associations, as well as the Deputy Sheriff's Association and CAL FIRE, um, also our sheriff. And, And I think what they say is that these these organizations have looked at our leadership and they've uniquely sided with me because they've seen me over now I've had two years on the planning commission. Now, I'm in my 12th year on council, six years mayor, and they've seen me in hundreds of meetings and make thousands of decisions and they like my leadership and they want me to bring that to the county level.
3: You
1: seem, at least in the radio spots, we appreciate the radio spots, by the way, to push the idea of public safety. What are your concerns about public safety? Since you are the mayor. Yeah. So if there are problems with public safety, it's on your watch, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so public safety is, to me, it's about making sure they're supported and funded. And so that's something that we did in Atascadero is we passed, the, or I would say the voters passed, and we thank the voters for that D20 so that we could fully fund our, our police. Um, part of the challenge that any municipality has right now is a lot of times your police are also acting you know, in in the homeless services area. And so sometimes your resources are going there and they're needed, but then it's taken away from something else, like, say, a special investigations unit or traffic unit or something like that. So those are challenges that, that any municipality has, and certainly we're, we're not unique in that way. Uh, but now that we've been able to increase staffing, you know, get a CAT RMS system in place, those kinds of things. But... With, you know, Prop 47, I mean, that was 10 years ago, but we're still like the ramifications of that have just slowly gotten worse and worse. We look at the fentanyl um, issue that we have, you know, I mean, nationwide, but those kinds of things we need to make sure our public safety have the resources that they need.
1: Hmm. Uh, You're following, if you're elected, you're going to be following uh, Debbie Arnold. What's your assessment of the incumbent, meaning do you see yourself going on a radically different path? Politically philosophically than Supervisor Arnold, or do you see more of a continuation of her policies and philosophies? Are you, are you do you see yourself as an agent of change?
2: I do see myself more of an as an agent of change I I really like and appreciate and respect and honor Debbie Arnold very much I think she is a woman of principle and values and she upholds those I um, there's things you've seen, you know, both of us on slow cog voting differently on things, and so I have no problem being my own person and uh, taking my own stand on things. Um, I, yeah, I see myself being being somewhat different.
1: Is there anything being said about you in the campaign that you'd like an opportunity to correct or respond to?
2: Ah, uh, you know, a lot of things <laughs> are being said, so. I think it's just if people get to know me and they see my experience, they see my record, my leadership. But is there anything um, about that's you that's really- just
1: blatantly false that the opposition is trying to run against you?
2: Um, if. Well, I would say, you know, sort of trying to tag me as some kind of an extremist. So I would say, you know, there's nothing in my record that would show that. And, you know, my opponent and I and our entire city council, for that matter, have been mostly 5 0. So if somebody wants to point out extremism, please do that because nobody sees it right now. So I would say that's the one thing we could definitely put to bed.
1: All right. We are in conversation with our supervisor candidate, Heather Moreno, running on March 5th. I cannot stress that enough. We need you to get out and vote, whoever you're going to vote for. We're going to come back and chat some more. We'll start welcoming your phone calls after 5.30. We're live, we're local. You're listening to Hometown Radio. If you're just joining us, we are in conversation with Heather Moreno. She is the mayor of Atascadero, former city council member. She is currently running in the 5th District Supervisorial Race, one of two candidates to replace Debbie Arnold. How many terms will you serve? Will you pledge right here, right now, not to go more than two terms?
2: I will, and I do.
1: Why? Why are you so adamant about that? Two terms? Uh,
2: I think that... I think that you can have sufficient time to get something done, and at some point you need to get new people in, and you need to be raising those people up, people with different perspectives. Uh, I think our public is is tired of the, you know, quote-unquote career politician, and they want people that come in and serve, and they go back to doing, you know, doing life.
1: But John Pashong said the same thing, and I like John, but now here is, well, I think I'll go for three.
2: Mm. (laughs) Well, I can't speak for John, but (laughs) I will be I will be here for two and and done.
1: All right. So how do I know you're watching the Board of Supervisors and you're following it? How do you see yourself fitting in? What do you bring to the board? What's the compelling case to put you on as opposed to your opponent?
2: Yeah. Well, I think we we need a supervisor who is willing to, like I said, number one, support public safety in in all the ways possible. Um, Secondly, is going to look at protecting the taxpayer and keeping it affordable uh, to the extent that it is for people to live, work and raise families here. That's a really big issue. And thirdly, I think we need to be looking at homelessness in, in a way that is intelligent, accountable and compassionate. And so I think that's those are a few of the things that I bring to the board. And as I said, my. Ability to build consensus and collaborate with people. um, I think we'll get a lot of good work done
1: on the Stolberg line I would like to know if the mayor believes Susan Funk would try to defund the police should she be elected is there a difference? Let's expand that question. Is there a difference between you and your opponent on on the issue of public safety since you're making such a big issue out of that?
2: Yeah, well, I, I would say it is the endorsements so when you look at who public safety is endorsing me endorsing it is me and because they've seen my record they've seen me you know as a you know if we take it into the into the democrat republican realm you, they've seen me as a republican support a tax measure even though it meant i had opponents against me and you know smearing me in the mail and all of that um and i stood strong because i knew that was important and so i would be willing to lose that election if it meant that we got the funding that we needed for our police, so I, I think they've seen me not be partisan and not be political with things and support them no matter what.
1: Give us an example of a tough decision you've had to make as mayor.
2: Well, I would say as as, as well as mayor um,
1: or a city council member.
2: Yeah, it, it is it is putting a tax on the ballot. That is a tough thing because in California we have an extremely high cost of living, and so going to the taxpayers and saying, you know, hey, we're we need this and we got to prove our case, but we know it's a little more. It's a little more, a little more, and those little mores add up. And so I think that is one of the hardest things that we do.
1: Now, the Tribune dinged you. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but they they went with your opponent, calling her more transparent, and they dinged you, Heather, uh, claiming that you won't take positions on local issues like the patent map and the Gibson recall. Why are you so adamant in not being adamant? (laughs)
2: <laughs> you mean, why don't I think it's a big deal? Well, why, I guess why, won't you, why
1: won't you give a position on whether or not Gibson should be recalled?
2: Because as a leader who works countywide, I don't think that it benefits my community to take a position. So my concern is that I'm working to serve the people as mayor of Atascadero, and I will do the same as the fifth district supervisor. So for me to weigh in doesn't help anybody. And I think it only ends up kind of increasing that partisan divide. And if you will remember, I did not take a position in the D2 race to begin with. I stayed out because I thought that was best for Atascadero. So I I try to not bring those politics in.
1: So let's try this question on redistricting and the patent map. Looking at the process, what are the lessons learned? Because you wanna be a supervisor. This is gonna come up before you. What did we learn from whatever it is that happened this last two years?
2: I think we learned that we are, uh, whether it was the passing of the patent map or the undoing of the patent map, we've, we've learned that we're extremely partisan in this county. And I think that needs to, we need to bring the temperature down on that uh, when it comes to looking at say a redistricting commission, because that's something that's being talked about currently. Uh, I am not completely against a redistricting commission, but I am against completely removing the elected officials from the process. And that's because if you look at, say Cal Recycle or um, Regional Water Quality Control Board, you look at certain entities that are you know, appointed, they're unelected, unaccountable, and they're making these decisions and then you really don't have any recourse with the elected officials. So if we're going to do something like that, great, have an independent commission. But remember, (laughs) human beings are still human beings. They have their biases no matter what. So you can come up with all these criteria, but human beings are still fallible. They're going to have their certain biases. So you could pull that committee together. I would like them to put together a number of options that then you could bring those to the board for a final decision. But I think the board needs to have a a say.
1: I'm not trying to make this about the Tribune, but it is a platform to have you respond. They're trying to suggest, for example, that you may be a climate change denier. Uh, They diplomatically suggested that your thinking has evolved. So let's just kind of put it to rest <laughs> once and for all. Are you concerned about climate-related issues as I- as a supervisor? Where are you on this issue?
2: Yeah. So I I am not a climate change denier. That's. It, it, I would say you, you asked me if there's another thing that I wanted to to say that that is something that's been put into you know certain mailers and things that have come out and that I removed all references to science out of our climate action plan, which is patently false. So you can go look at the. Climate Action Plan, and you'll see plenty of science still in there. Some of the things we did is said, um, no, we're not going to take out Reduce parking in the downtown that was one of the things that was in our boilerplate climate action plan and we looked at that and said oh heck no Uh, also putting in 25 miles of sidewalk Um, who was going to be paying for that so there's some changes (laughs) that we made Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think we've got a lot of aggressive goals in the state of California and we need to play our part and to the extent that the county can be more efficient with what they do um, I think is totally appropriate the minute government starts getting more and more into everybody's individual you know homes and saying what you can and can't do i'm a little more squeamish there
1: where is your thinking these days on this wind project that they're talking about off the central coast
2: a lot of thoughts on that Uh, number one this is something that if As we go through this process, it needs to be done very slowly to see if this is the right thing. It's, it's one of the decisions, one of those decisions that if you make the decision to go forward and you end up putting in this wind farm, there's no going back. And it has a significant impact on our community that will outlive all of us. And so, do we want to have an industrialized port in place of, you know, commercial fishing port and kind of a tourist small town feel? We look at there are a couple of projects on the East Coast last year, uh, late last year, that got shuttered because they just don't pencil out. Mm -hmm. We know the increasing use of energy, just the, the increase in AI is going to be exorbitantly expensive in terms of energy usage. So, you know, I don't think this is the silver bullet, but we need to go slow and there are going to be entities making decisions that are well above the pay grade of supervisor
1: Uh, i would be remiss with one minute to go if i didn't ask you about the the news today about the county employee being arrested allegations of embezzlement and i'm thinking you've got your accounting background so is there going to be a supervisor moreno who is going to be a little bit more um um
2: I'm someone who digs in and asks questions. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Right.
1: Any reaction to that news?
2: Um,
1: innocent until proven guilty, of
2: in- course. Innocent until proven guilty, and it's it's always unfortunate. I think any government entity or or business um, you know, does their best to have internal controls in place, it's even harder when it happens in a government entity because you're talking to people's money. And so it's very disappointing. What's
1: the website for your campaign, please?
2: HeatherForSlow.com
1: All right, let us go to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us on time-saver traffic and weather. Together, Then we will uh, welcome your phone calls and read some text messages for Heather Moreno. She is running for County Supervisor, District 5. I just want to say, I want to save some phone calls here. I'm not going to take any calls about abortion or gay rights. We're going to stick to county issues and issues facing the supervisor. So if you're thinking about calling in on that, don't. Just say it. Thanks. Thanks. Where we are continuing our conversation with Mayor of Atascadero, Heather Moreno, is with us. She is running for 5th District County Supervisor to replace the incumbent, Debbie Arnold, who has decided not to seek reelection after three terms in office. I just keep saying, and I'm going to keep repeating, this election is March 5th. There is no runoff whoever wins on the fifth will be the next supervisor if you want in on this conversation we welcome your phone calls and your text messages 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 let's start with jeff and atascadero hey jeff
3: good afternoon dave hey jeff and uh mayor how are you we're good hey Josh. good So the couple questions that uh, come to mind, I brought it up a couple weeks ago, so I'll keep this fair, is uh, in terms of the homeless um, in our county, in funding, how do you see funding it um, without cutting the law enforcement budget?
1: And what exactly are we funding here, Jeff?
3: What are we funding in the homelessness? I mean, we have, uh, in my opinion, Cottage Industries going now at $108,000 per unhoused individual. How are we going to make changes and fund things to get some of these people the help they need?
1: All right. Heather?
2: What I think we need to do is do a performance audit of the money that is currently being spent and find out what's working and what isn't working, and then change that. I think that's critical because millions of dollars have been coming in. People are frustrated. The the numbers keep going up, and every time we do a point in ca- time count, we're even told, "Oh, that's not even the right number." So we we need that performance audit. We need to see what's working. What's and how that.
1: is it in Atascadero, the homeless issue?
2: We're currently at at any one given day about forty unhoused individuals you know not in shelter but that is two officers mental health worker caseworker with echo there are a lot of resources that go into that and that could be used elsewhere so I would love to look at a way to manage that more cost-effectively what else Jeff
3: the second one would be uh, in terms of commercial property or vacancy taxes Uh, your opponent was on record at one point uh, saying that she wanted to do Mm. a tax Um, not good for anybody. I did make the statement somebody like uh, a Kmart of a building that's been vacant for several years of a big corporation might be one thing, but the mom and pop sometimes things... uh go awry that you can't rent the, the business or find a good tenant. What's your stance on vacancy tax?
1: it has got a comment.
2: Yeah, no, I'm definitely not in favor of a vacancy tax. Not only would it be unfair, but I think you could also end up with something that you didn't bargain for because somebody out of spite builds something that is allowable that you actually don't want.
1: Uh, Jeff, thank you for the call. We're joined now by the mayor of Pismo Beach, who's the Honorable Ed Waggy, Mayor Ed,
3: good afternoon. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? We're good, sir. First of all, I'm a big fan of uh, Heather. I'm glad she's running, and uh, and I believe I think mm-hmm. she will do a really good job as the fifth district supervisor. My question is, you did a great job in improving the uh, public safety in Atascadero. What would you do as a supervisor for the county?
2: Yeah, and so the, the same thing that we were were talking about earlier. Hey, Ed, good to hear mm-hmm. you, by the way. And that is making sure that as things change, whether it is you know increased crime, it's the fentanyl. Uh, challenges that we're having with the overdoses um, that making sure that public safety has the services they need or the the support that they need because right now we're having budget issues the state is having budget issues and we are going to have to tighten the belt it's going to have to happen statewide and we need to make sure that they are taken care of because that is the number one thing that people cannot do for themselves
1: so public safety is your top priority would you is that a fair characterization Mm -hmm.
2: I'd say it's it's public safety, homelessness, housing, that there's sort of a triad. But public safety, again, the one thing we can't do, but those three things are key. What else, Ed?
3: I think that's the main thing, you know – I think public safety has been a big issue for a lot of us uh, lately. And I think Heather touched on earlier in your your uh, broadcast. But I think whatever you can do to continue that effort would be greatly appreciated. So thank you very much.
1: I'm glad you called, Ed. Thank you very much. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. George is in Santa Margarita. Hey, George. Hello, Dave.
4: Hello, Heather. Hi. Okay, I'm in my 70s, you know, and many of us senior citizens are in a position where when we retire, we have a somewhat fixed income, and yet uh, our property taxes go up, uh, the cost of utilities go up, and there's always the discussion of we need new taxes to bail us out of our financial straits that the county is in. Now, I've gone to a couple of the gatherings for Heather, as well as... um, uh, miss, uh, uh, Susan Funk. And, uh, and there, I, I thought they were both very cordial. They both, uh, respected each other's, uh, presentations. But I did get a distinct difference, and that was where Susan, uh, she said that she supported Prop 13, but yet she would be favorable to a, a tax increase based on a 55% vote. Whereas Heather, uh, held to the, I guess, the uh, thrust of six, uh, 13 at 66% for uh, an increase in taxes.
1: And Stay with us, George. Let's get a comment from the candidate. Is, is he characterizing this correctly?
2: Uh, it, yes, he is. And it, it is something that the Board of Supervisors had in their previous uh, legislative platform was to protect the, the two-thirds from going down to 55%. And they did take that out this year. And, and that is the difference between the my opponent and I. All
4: right. What else, George? Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking for the senior citizens that need some sort of control. That's why Prop 13 was first in place.
2: Yep, agree.
1: George, thanks for the call. 805-543-8830 for Heather Moreno, who's about to remind us of her website.
2: HeatherForSlow.com
1: Pete is in San Luis. Hey, Pete.
5: Hi, two comments. I just George brought something up to the fore about Prop 13. I'd just like to say that most people believe prop 13 benefited the major corporations uh in a large way and so if there's any move to reduce or change it um it could be because of that um <clears throat> anyway my main question is i heard an attack ad last week against your opponent saying that she's in favor of defunding the police um is that do you stand behind that is that true as far as you know
2: well, what I'll tell you is when she and I were on Clive Pinder's show a couple of weeks ago, on she, this station, on this station uh, we were asked, uh, she was confronted with some things that her, one of her campaign surrogates had put out that were painting me as extreme and things like that. And he said, well, you both commit to not doing these kinds of attacks and, and doing these kinds of things. And she said, I think it is fair game for people to know who we are aligned with and who supports us. And she said it a couple of times. And so if that is fair game, that is simply what I'm showing, is who she is supported by and who she's aligned with, because she has made that very clear to be something that's important.
5: You mean she's, she has stated or made some kind of move to show that she's in favor of defunding the police?
2: She is supported by a group that supports defunding, that calls for de- defunding the police, absolutely.
4: Well, that doesn't mean she is.
2: I, what I said is she said, it is important to know who we are affiliated with and who supports us. I take her I take at her word.
5: Right. I think your ad should reflect that. To be
1: continued. Pete, thank you. Uh, Heather Moreno on this broadcast. Here's Don on KVEC. Hi, Don. Hi, Dave. Hi, Hi Heather. Hi. Hi
0: um, I got a question. You're talking about housing, and uh, I brought this up a couple days ago, but are you familiar with the ADUs? It's the accessory uh dwelling units that's being allowed uh, or actually being pushed by california to increase more density and specifically they're pushing this in to uh single family home zoning
1: she is familiar with it yes
0: okay because i i see that as a problem uh that they're changing the zoning and you're not going to have single-family zoning anymore. Everything's going to be multifamily zoned. Do you share that, and that concern? that's a problem.
2: Well, between uh, ADUs and then, of course, SB9 that allows for ministerial lot splits and dwelling units to be added we are we are changing the fabric of our neighborhoods and that is a concern i do see the need to add housing particularly of the affordable nature uh, what i don't appreciate is the state pushing down one size fits all solutions so i share that concern
5: yeah
0: because if if it's done on what's already listed as multifamily, um, that's one thing but when you uh, change the zoning of single-family to multifamily, just by the fact that you can add more units, uh, it makes it a commercial venture and totally disrupts the neighborhood.
2: Uh, it can have that impact. Uh, and again, there are also the positives of more housing. I, I would rather have it be a local decision rather than the state pushing it on us.
1: I'm glad you called, Donna. Are you in favor of more housing, of expanding housing?
2: 100%, yes, we have hmm. to.
1: How about like the Dana Reserve Project in South County? Have you taken a position on that yet?
2: Uh, I have, I have looked at it and because who knows when it could be on the, <laughs> on the board, if it comes before me, it's not something I'm willing to take a position on in state mm-hmm. one way or the other. I am favorable. I will say I'm favorable towards it. As I look at it, it would meet, you know, more than a third of the county's arena over an eight year period. It's got a lot of positives to it.
1: Dennis is in a task at all on KVEC. Hi, Dennis. Hey, sir. How are you doing? We're good, Dennis. Thank you.
5: Hey, uh, Just a brief comment on ADUs. Uh, uh, A lot of uh, ADUs are being uh, housing uh, family members, parents, and so on. So it's not all commercial. Sure. Um, However, I call for a reason, and that's because I've known Heather for a very very long time. Uh, She and I served on the Planning Commission at the very beginning when we met. Um, I have watched Heather since then. I follow her very closely. I also follow all of our county politics very closely. I'm a, I'm a fan of the, our local C-SPAN, and I'm on that station all the time. My wife hates it, but I love it. <laughs> and so I'm seeing Heather and uh, how she is very non-partisan in her issues. She's very much of a, a builder of consensus with people and tries to work with people. And when I look at the county and all the Meetings that I watch, she is going to be a difference maker when it comes to that. And I really believe and I'm very happy that she's running for supervisor. I, I can't tell you how glad I was when she told me that she was going to be running for supervisor. I, I just thought it was a natural step for her to take. Come and so in. that's. That's my stuff. Heather? Thank
2: you. Thank you, Dennis. Um, I enjoyed serving with you, and, and thank you for coming back to our Planning Commission uh, in the last few years. I appreciate your service, and and that is, the, the, I think, the most important thing is that we're all able to get along, collaborate, and have a tone at the top of, of getting things done and um, showing staff and, and the public how important that is, that we work together.
5: Uh, most definitely, uh, and uh, we, as a commission here, work well together. Yeah. and the, the commissions that i watch uh online there are sometimes um, uh, antagonism things that are going on with what people said but there are also other groups that are uh working very well together and we as a community work very well together nets because of heather's leadership and what she's directed us to to, to uh, how to address things and how to approach things it's it's great so thank you dennis anyway, Heather, that's Heather.
1: very kind of you to say dennis and thanks for calling in turn off uh, local c-span listen to radio more I, I everybody says you build consensus and okay how do you build consensus with somebody like bruce gibson who at least on two different occasions has taken supervisor ortiz like out back to the woodshed and reprimanded her. I mean, this is eyewitness accounts of him yelling at her. Allegedly, there's a story about him yelling at Debbie Arnold in the private elevator back in 2014. Is your strategy going to work with that kind of dynamic?
2: Well, all I can tell you is I I will, I will be me and do what I do in terms of, I, I don't think somebody wants another, you know, someone to just go along and get along. Um, I can't promise that you know everything is going to go perfectly. And we're going to have the, yeah. all these five zero votes, but I think one person can make a difference. And you can see that in relationships. You can see that in a lot of different cases. One person makes a difference. You
1: get along with Supervisor Gibson.
2: Uh, we've gotten along in, you in you the time we've been on stuff? SloCog and RTA okay. and everything. Yeah.
1: Here's Scott in Cambria. Hey, Scott. Hi
3: Dave. Hi Scott. Uh, um, my question is uh, the group that. Uh, Supporting Susan Fox, they never name it. What is the name of that group?
2: Uh, Indivisible Rapid Response.
3: Okay, because I've never heard that. I mean, I've, I'm for you. I don't think I'm in your district, but I would vote for you if, if he, I could. He's in Canberra. He's yeah. not in
1: your district. Yeah. Well,
2: no. thank you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, but recall Bruce Gibson, I'll say that.
1: All right, Scott. And you're not going to comment on that. I get it. All right, we'll come back for a final segment with a candidate. We're live. We're local. We're hometown radio. Uh, we just played that spot, and that, that's just determined by computer. You want to defend that spot?
2: Oh, well, similar to when the gentleman called and asked uh, when we were on Clive Pinder's show in this station just a few weeks ago. Um, she said it was fair game, and uh, she felt it was important for all the voters to know who we are supported by and endorsed by, affiliated with. And so... That's uh, that's what that spot represents.
1: If you want in on this conversation with a candidate, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 on the Stolberg text line. What are your views of the county building department? Do you believe things need to be looked at?
2: Uh, Yes, the stories that that I hear time after time is that the amount of time it takes to get through the permitting process is really untenable and it it leads to sometimes people not doing business in the county any longer, but it also leads to projects costing a lot more. So when we talk about affordable housing, one way to address affordable housing is to streamline the planning and building department and have an attitude of getting to yes for projects that are good for the county. Uh, so that definitely has to be looked at. I was pleased when um, Supervisor Ortiz Leg and, and Supervisor Paul Dean, uh, Brought up the Six Sigma idea and looking at sort of that lean. Explain
1: that to our listeners, please. Um,
2: it's an It's how do you how do you look at your processes and make sure you're as lean and efficient as possible? And it's something that I brought to the city of Atascadero. The concept of um, essentialism. It's based upon a book named called Essentialism. But bringing that idea to Atascadero, we need to do this at the uh, planning and, and building and and really I would say countywide of making sure that we are as efficient and effective because it is in government's nature to grow. The there are more regulations, more ordinances, more things that come down from the state. And so we keep expanding, and then we keep saying to the taxpayers, we need more of your money to do all of these things. But what we actually need to do is look at what we're doing and say, where can we where can we eliminate things? Where can we be more effective, more, e- more efficient, and make sure that we are spending taxpayer dollars wisely, and in the case of building and planning, getting good projects through so that we can get the housing we need.
1: Does that include possible staff positions, cutting staff positions if needed? <laughs>
2: I think we are sh- we are short right now in planning and building. And it could be that as we go through a process like that, we see different ways to add staff. And maybe we don't need to add all the staff that we think we do. So I'm not looking at cutting staff. I'm making sure that, what we have there is effective, and then if we're bringing on more, because again we're understaffed, making sure that it's the right person for the right position.
1: Before the news break, we were talking energy. You mentioned wind power. What about Diablo Canyon and nuclear power? How big of that? Uh, how big of a future is that for on the
2: Central Coast? I think it's critical. I have spoken twice uh, at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission meetings that they've had in the last year, or I think last uh, maybe eight, ten months. Uh, I think it's critical that we keep them online. It's clean energy, 9% of the state's power, and it's got to be part of our, our future uh, energy portfolio.
1: Right. and But the governor seems to really want to focus on getting us out of uh, traditional cars and getting to uh, to electric vehicles and uh, moving beyond nuclear and fossil fuels
2: (laughs) and we just don't have a grid that can support that right now so I, I think what's concerning is this push I think it's one thing to say hey how can we implement greater technologies how can we incentivize these and let's let's aim for you know the these goals but not do something that is so unrealistic and then have to back it up because to simply close down make the choice to close down Diablo several years ago Everybody knew that, that that we were not going to be able to replace that energy in the time that we needed to. And sure enough, now all this time and money has to be spent backtracking and, oh, no, now we need to keep it open. Listen, we got to get this extended. And I, I think it's unfortunate when we do that kind of thing because we end up costing the taxpayers a lot, and ratepayers a lot of money.
1: On the text line, uh, Stolberg text line, when projects cost more so property taxes, the incentive is obviously... To run the cost up at uh, county, pl- as county planning does.
2: Um, I think that's that's a little bit of a cynical view. I don't I don't quite go there. You're calling um, our
1: listener cynical, <laughs> uh,
2: but I think that could be an unintended consequence for sure.
1: Also on the Stolberg text line, listener wants to know what your priorities would be. You mentioned earlier public safety, homelessness, but housing. and housing. What about in terms of trying to get something passed by the board? What would you like to see them address?
2: Yeah. So, like, if we, if we look at, say, housing, we do get back to that streamlining process, but we also have to look at county lands and see where can we partner with nonprofits like your people self-help housing and others to build some affordable housing. Uh, could we be partnering with private developers that would build market rate housing in exchange for, say, 10% that would be deed restricted for, let's say, medical workers? We're having a a shortage of uh, being able to attract you know, nurses, doctors to this area, maybe teachers, maybe county employees, something like that, look at businesses that have excess property and would like to build housing for their employees. So I think we just need to be looking at things differently and making sure that we're not, we don't just kind of go back to that tried and true, oh, we need more money from you to make this work.
1: Uh, The incumbent raised some concerns about voting as we head to the polls. Do you have any? concerns about our county clerk recorder, or our local voting process?
2: I don't have concerns. I think overall, we have a, a good process. We need to make sure that they're, you know, through the budgeting process, that they're properly funded. And what I notice when people have questions about things, they tend to be more state-related. So people get concerned about the voter rolls being clean. And certainly when I've been, you know, we, we've been phone banking and, and making phone calls and you end up calling people where, someone says well I live and vote in LA and I say well did you ever live in Creston he's well, a long time ago but here he is still a voter listed in Creston uh, you know and that happens over and over so you've got cleaning the voter rolls uh, you also have you know look at the the Carter Baker Commission uh, they said that you know the one thing that we really need to do when it comes to absentee voting is not have party representatives going around picking up ballots because that isn't you know it isn't the most ideal for election integrity so there's okay. some things that could be changed but they're not not in the control of our county
1: all right mayor uh, we're almost out of time a website one last time please is yes,
2: heatherforslow.com i
1: got about 20 seconds for a final thought yeah.
2: uh, i will i will tell you that as your supervisor i will listen to you i will work collaboratively with my colleagues and with staff and i will listen to the public and i would be honored to have your vote and your support and please go to my website heatherforslow.com would love volunteers and uh vote march 5th
1: and we yeah we stress march 5th is the date there's no runoff
2: no runoff and i would be like i said honored to have your vote
1: appreciate your time mayor thank Thank you you. very much off we go news traffic weather six o'clock hour starts now